Demonstrate for me possibilities I've never thought of and present me with heroes who will give me courage and hope. Ease my sorrows and increase my joy. Teach me compassion. Entertain and enchant and enlighten me. Tell me a story. Dennis O'Neill, Just the way we like them. What do you say? You and our turf looking for some fun? Yes. Do you gentlemen believe you could offer some entertainment? Baby, you let me and Mike here take care of you and we'll amuse you all night long. I see. And then? And then? Well... You are in our turf. Which means you're gonna stay in our turf until we say so. Or until we get bored with you. Then we'll just kill you. So, if I'm understanding you correctly, my continued survival is dependent upon my capacity to entertain you. Yes? In that case, come closer. And let the entertainment begin. <laughs> okay, all right, lady. You want it? You're gonna get... <laughs> Stay away! Don't move! Oh, I was beginning to wonder if you even existed. Oh, God! Now, monsters! What the hell has happened into this town? It grew tired of scum like you. How very dramatic. That man better be alive. He is. But in about 90 minutes, he may wish he was not. There are four fighters alive in this world who know that arm lock technique. I've met two, and they're all men. Who are you? I am Lady Shiva, and I have been searching for you. Look at these photographs. What do you see? It's a Chinese gen sword. Double-edged. The inscription on its scabbard reads... Plague sword. Originally forged in the Yuan Dynasty, 
Its cut is said to bring an untreatable disease that leads to an agonizing death. And, once its victims expire, their last breath spreads the disease to any nearby living being. Like some form of biological weapon. The sword was hidden away during the Ming and Qing dynasty. But during the Boxer Rebellion, it was stolen from its vault and disappeared from the world. Until recently. There's a private collection of ancient Chinese weaponry on display at the Sprang History Museum. The exhibit opened today. Indeed. I'm on my way to retrieve it right now. You may come along if you wish. What do you want with the sword? Nothing. But I am curious to see what kind of men its legend will attract. I'm also curious to know more about you. Me? Yes. I have heard tales of a Batman from Gotham. A man-beast who strikes from the shadows with uncanny skill. I wanted to see him for myself. And test those skills. I don't fight for thrills. And if what you say is true, we should hurry to the museum. I have a car. And I have two feet. I'll meet you there. Suit yourself, but hurt anyone else along the way. And I'll hurt you. I would appreciate it if you tried. Alfred, I need any information you can find on a Lady Shiva. Taking an interest in Hinduism, sir? No. In roving East Asian martial arts female grandmasters. And to think I was concerned your new nocturnal activities would hamper your chances of meeting honest women. Hmm. A report from the Criminal Intelligence Bureau of the Hong Kong Police Force details the massacre of a triad lieutenant and his entire gang, performed, apparently, without the use of any weapons. The only surviving witness, a janitor, says the victims called the attacker Shiva before their demise. Cross-reference the MO and search other police databases in the area. Already did, sir. Similar reports from Shanghai, Tokyo, Manila, Jakarta. The most recent one seems to be a triple homicide in Bangkok. All of the victims had ties with organized crime, martial arts, or both. But she was only positively identified in the Hong Kong case. Beyond that, there are no confirmed records of her even existing. She didn't strike me as someone who cares too much about covering her tracks. So someone might be covering them for her. Keep digging. Will do. And in return, do let me know if the lady will be joining us for dinner later. It's almost midnight, Alfred. And she's a mass murderer. True. But perhaps she has a sister? Alfred. No, you can hardly blame a man for trying, sir. This museum must place a lot of faith in its automated security system. I could not find a single guard in this entire wing. You sound disappointed. Slightly, but I cannot imagine them being much of a challenge. Someone sent them away, and there were no signs of forced entry. Which means that same someone likely let the thieves in. You said it was a Yuan dynasty. But the rust marks on this one aren't nearly deep enough to be that old. And one of the encrusted jewels is treated glass. 
Ah, a fake then. Left behind by whoever took the real sword. Probably to win some time. We have to move. It would seem that is not all they left behind. What do you mean? Three men, defend yourself. Shiva, watch out! You're awake. Good. I like your car. It has power. But the handling is rather... rigid. Mm. It's a work in progress. Where are we? What happened? We are in a safe house, set up by my employer. I drove us here while you slipped in and out of consciousness. And I opened some energy pathways in your body to help break down the poison. Otherwise, it would have taken you days to recover, instead of hours. And you didn't take my mask. Why would I? You were not wounded in the head. Right. You were right, however. I found the museum's head of security while you rested. He confessed to disconnecting the alarm and sending his men home early. He was paid handsomely for it. Did you hurt him? You concern yourself far too much with the lives of others. Because you obviously don't. And that is why you took an arrow to the chest. You nearly died because you were more concerned with my own safety than yours. A concern that was, I admit, entirely misplaced. I should have seen them coming. I even scouted the room before you arrived. Were they already there? Yes and no. Take a look at this sword and tell me what you see. The balance. It's astonishing. And the edge is razor sharp. The grooves indicate this sword was crafted by hand, but... There's no maker's signature. It is a nameless sword from the nameless clan. They are assassins, orphans, and newborns. Trained from the earliest age possible to serve. To serve who? No one knows for sure. Some say they are just mercenaries, while others say they are thralls to a demon. But what they are makes no difference. They are nothing, and that is why you did not see them. As part of their training, the Nameless are stripped of any symbol of identity. Their sense of self is extinguished. Their past and future are erased. For all intents and purposes, they do not exist. Until it is time to strike. Then how did you sense them? I did not. But two months ago, I did kill three of their fellow clan members in Thailand. Their desire for revenge upon seeing me betrayed their presence. Only the most accomplished warriors can mask their intention completely. Some can even project it to intimidate their enemies. These warriors were not at that level. 
And now they never will be. So they can be beaten. Everything can be beaten. To think otherwise only invites failure. Though, with your body in its current state, it may prove impossible. I saw it while you fought. Your body engaged them, but your mind was astray. You were clouded by doubts and concerns. You thought about everything, while they are nothing. You don't seem to have much trouble dealing with them. Only because many years ago I did the same. I rejected my name, my past, everything that made me who I was in order to become what I am now. I became nothing. I wonder, can you do the same? Can you let go of everything you are and turn your back on the world? Can you become nothing, Batman? I... I can't. I figured as much. But I can become something. certain the last six of you I met all thought the same thing, including the one who revealed the location of this warehouse to me, while he drowned in his own blood. Step back, all of you. Bear witness. This one has earned a more painful kind of death. Ah, the real plague sword. I was wondering where that went. It shall go inside you shortly, wretch. It will pierce your flesh, slice your muscles, and tear your tendons, leaving you useless, but alive. Then, we shall throw your broken, diseased body from the top of the city's tallest tower, and your pathetic death will usher in the pestilence unlike anything the modern world has ever seen. At dawn, Gotham dies with you. So, if I'm understanding you correctly, you wish to kill me with that sword. We are beyond desire. We are inevitable. I will kill you. <laughs> I would appreciate it if you tried. You are a fool to stand against us, and an even greater fool to come unarmed. You cannot breach my defenses. You cannot fight me. You can only perish. Now accept your destiny and death. What is this? Bloodlust? No, it's something else. My swords, my bows, to me, my nameless. My nameless, where, where are you? Where? Stay back! A cut of the sword will end your life, be you man or beast! I am neither. I am more. I've taken your guards. Now I'll take you and that sword. 
and I'll put you both where you won't be able to harm anyone else ever again. Stop! One more step, and I'll run you through! If you do that, I promise you'll be the plague's first victim. My life is already forfeit, creature. We shall die together, and Gotham shall follow! Not while I have this. This incendiary grenade will burn us to ashes the moment I die. I will bury you with my body if I have to. You won't escape, and your plague will end before it even begins. You, you wouldn't! That's madness! That's what it takes to save this city from you. Then I'll take my own life for the de- Gas, you! Not bad, for a first attempt. There's always room for improvement. That gives life interest, but I see you have found something to become. Fear. No, these men knew fear. I showed them justice. For those they killed, and for those they would have killed. Interesting. Still, it makes no difference. Maybe not to you. Wait, may I? Just as I thought. The sword's handle is hollow. And inside... A piece of cloth? Wrapped around pressed seed pods. If my theory is right, we're looking at the real root of the Plague Sword's legend. Some kind of toxic plant treated to infect a person when dispersed inside a wound, turning them into a carrier whose breath carries equally deadly spores. This all sounds rather... Improbable. Chemical warfare has existed for far longer than this blade. Still, I'll know more once I'm able to properly analyze. Improbable and correct. You knew. I suspected. A poison like this was said to exist centuries ago, but was extinguished by terrified farmers. You may be holding the last specimen. In that case, I think I'll hold on to it a bit longer, if that's alright with you. You need not ask my permission. My employer only requested the sword. He said nothing of whatever secrets were hidden inside. Speaking of secrets, your employer. All I can tell you is that he is on the side of good. But should you wish to know more... Not enough to fight you for it. A shame. Perhaps another time, then. Another time. Hello everyone, it is I, a geek for fun once again, and we're doing another set of these behind-the-scenes Echoes of the Night interviews. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking to the writer of this episode, featuring the illustrious, mysterious, deadliest hands-on-earth, Lady Shiva. I present to you the one, the only, Judge. Hello there, my name is Judge, I'm from Buenos Aires, Argentina, and I've written down the script for the episode you just listened to. I really hope you enjoyed it. Awesome. Uh, before we get too deep into specifically the star of this episode, I want to talk about your experience with Batman and what made you want to approach this character in a project like this. Well, my experience with Batman is 
pretty much similar to a lot of people my age, which is we were more or less aware of the comics, but we got into it via the animated series, and then later on jumped into the comics and other media. Uh, I was looking back when I first started reading, I tried reading some of the modern stuff, and it was okay. But then when I went back and I started reading Batman comics from the 70s or the 80s or even the early 90s, those seemed to sort of click a bit more with me and uh, with my particular storytelling sensibilities. So I wanted, when I first heard about this project and I was invited, I thought, well, we're doing, you know, uh, Batman's first year and we're trying to aim for that kind of gothic uh, mystery crime kind of story. So I thought, oh, I, I can do this. I can try to aim for a sort of 70s, more grounded, more fallible kind of Batman. And I, I wanted to aim for that. I wanted to aim for a Batman who is still learning, who is still kind of becoming what he's going to be. And I wanted to try that. And I also wanted to try uh, another thing I like a lot in Batman and in other comics, which is a sort of almost magical realism mixed with uh, kind of Sherlock Holmes mystery where something looks supernatural and looks fantastical, but then at the end it's revealed to be something with kind of an explanation, which is where the where the sword came from. I wanted to make a story about martial arts in general, because for better or for worse, a lot of DC's martial arts um, content ends up getting filtered through Batman sooner or later. And what I wanted to do was that kind of filter, which is here's something that sounds fantastical and in the end has a rational explanation. Mm-hmm. And above all, I desperately wanted to write some Lady Shiva. <laughs> that one definitely shines through. Um, but specifically on what you're talking about just there, I thought how you handled that was fantastic and exactly what I was kind of hoping um, we'd get to touch on because we do, like you say, Batman is a martial artist um, and that's something that kind of gets forgotten a lot um, through stories where they'll be happy to show how competent he is throwing a punch but as someone who's doing martial arts myself um, and my friend Steve Baxi always likes to make this joke is he doesn't believe that Batman mastered all these martial arts because he never once uh, talks about the philosophy behind them and the lessons of martial arts that it's not just about how much you can punch someone. Here, in this script, it's very much Lady Shiva calling him out on that, <laughs> which I think works really well for a young Batman who is trying to learn these lessons and has these great... He's, he's a prodigy. He's got this great potential in his analytical ways and his fighting ways, but he, at this point in his life, he does kind of need that more figure who's kind of figured it out in Shiva, who has found her path, uh, to kind of direct him. And I thought how you handled that was really, really good. Yeah, like, the, the problem with Batman and martial arts in DC is that he is a martial artist, but he uses martial arts as more of a tool than a philosophy. They are another element of him that he uses to fight crime. Because when you think Batman, you think, well, he's a detective, he's rich, He's a ninja, and way at the bottom, he's also a martial artist. But because he's so popular, 
and because he has the whole shtick of being, you know, the, the, the best human, the best at doing everything that a human does, is that everyone who's a martial artist sooner or later has to get dragged into kind of the mud pit with Batman. Friday Kid, who is a guy who lives in the 30th century, has had to fight him twice <laughs> because they need to, they, they kind of need to show that. They need to show, you know, oh, Batman. And what I wanted to show through the script is that, well, there's martial arts as a tool, which is what Batman learned, and there's martial arts as a lifestyle, as a discipline, as, you know, a way to define yourself, which is what Shiva has. So that's where the, the, the part in the script where they talk about, you know, emptying yourself and where all that came from. But what I wanted to make clear is that neither way is correct. There is not a, a right or a wrong way to live like that. It's just what's useful for you. So I didn't want Shiva to be like, oh, well, you're, you don't kill people, so you suck, which is what like 70% of the people who write Lady Shiva end up going to. I didn't want that. I didn't I wanted to be like, well, this is what I do and this is what works for me. It obviously doesn't work for you because you cannot enter this mindset. So you need to find a way to make it work for you. You need to find a way that you can make it work for yourself. And that's where it goes. It's not that Shiva wants Batman to be like her. What she wants is just to see what he does, where, what kind of path he finds. And she just accepts it, which is another important part for me. I didn't want her to just want to see him become another killer. Given all of that, and you being such a big Lady Shiva fan, for a lot of our audience, um, this, I think, might serve as their first proper introduction to her because yes she's made previous appearances in stuff like beware the batman but she's never really been in this episode it's very much her episode like as like if there was a joker episode or something this is hers um what would you say to people who would want to get into lady shiva and what does the character mean to you like why why do should we care about her all right the first thing i do to anyone who wants to read more about Lady Shiva is go and find Denny O'Neill and Dennis Cowan's uh, 1986 The Question Run, which is the best she's ever been written. To this day, nobody has topped that run, and it's also an awesome comic by itself. It's 36 issues. She's only in them for like seven, and they are the best. There is literally no other comic as good as it for Lady Shiva. And the reason why she's important for me is that when she's written well, which is, you know, just a few handful of times, when she's written really well, she's unique. There is no other character in DC Comics with that kind of philosophy, with that kind of mindset, with that kind of Zen detachment. None of them. When she's written wrong, she's one of the most generic She's just the most run-of-the-mill, two-dimensional, nothing character. And it's something that really annoys me because I think that 
they could be pushing for something more unique with her and they have the the canon to support it but instead she always gets used as a tool uh, she always gets used as a prop like a lot of people's first impression of her would be from something like Nightfall where she's used to train Batman back when he got his spine broken or from something from Hush where she just has a four page cameo uh, or for something like Beware the Batman where she's only there to work as a kind of a prelude to Raz and the rest of the League stuff. Uh, she's always seen as this kind of tool, this kind of prop and it's only recently in comics that they're walking that back a little bit. So I'm here to sort of push push things around push things forward and be like no no man no look 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 <laughs> she's really unique man trust me so yeah just read the question you don't need to read anything else you don't need any previous knowledge just issue one i promise that it's super worth it definitely and given you brought him up i think it's only fair for us to take a little moment um given this uh, story features both Batman and Lady Shiva, two characters who this creator has worked on um, and changed forever. One that they created and one that they redefined so much they might as well have created them. Uh, and that is Denny O'Neill, uh, recently passed near close to the time of this recording. Um, given such an influence on your writing and your favorite kind of stories, do you have anything you'd want to take this time to say? Look, when, when I, I started writing when I was about 16 years old, comic books in general, and I always said from then to now, Denny O'Neill is the kind of comic book writer I would like to grow up to be. He's just, he, he, he knows, he always knew exactly how to write a story, how to make it impactful in as little a time as possible, how to fit enough characterization and enough ideas and philosophy to make it really gripping but never sacrificing humanity for it uh, the beauty of his writing is that is that you can look at it and you can enjoy it on the surface but you can also just really get into it and start thinking about his themes and his stories and his characters and question in particular is one of those books that in my opinion just gets better the more you think about it there is no chance to overthink O'Neill's question. The more you go back to it, the more you reread it, the more you read about it, the more you read the books he recommended. Uh, like one of the most interesting things about the question is that at the end of each issue, in the letters column, O'Neill would recommend a book that was related to the story in the issue. So you go back and you read those books and then you go back and you read uh, the question and everything grows and it becomes much more rewarding as an experience. So I think that's the beauty of O'Neill, uh, the kind of stuff that I would like to do myself in my own comics, just make comics that get better the more you think about them. And no, man, also just, if you want to know how to make comics, just read a Denny O'Neill comic. It's all there, it's all there on the page all there on each panel it's all a, a, a master class in comic book storytelling beautifully part cannot recommend enough beautifully part um given all of that judge where can people find you you can find me on twitter i got two accounts 
One is Twitter.com at Jajanon, which is my general personal account for comic books and all that stuff. And you can also find me at Twitter at Talking Lady Shiva. That's Talking without a G. It's my side account where all I do is just talk about Lady Shiva, and then you can see how far the rabbit hole goes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you trust me. Trust me, you have no idea how much I can talk about this one character. But wow. if you're interested and you like it, please feel free to follow up. You can also find me on Tumblr, tumblr.com at judgeanon. Sorry, judgeanon.tumblr.com. And anytime you want to chat or you want to follow, I'm free. Fantastic. Well, I hope you've all enjoyed listening to this episode. Feel free to let us know anything about this interview and the the story we just showed prior in the comments below we'll have links to all of judge's accounts in the description and depending on what yeah sorry uh, about that also oh it's okay i also wanted to mention one more thing i want to mention one more thing apart from just talking about comics i also write comics myself i got a small project that we've been working on with another artist which is short sci-fi stories you can find them at tapas.io slash filthy sleeves is tapas.io slash filthy sleeps just a bunch of short sci-fi stories that we've been putting out and really hope you give it a chance we have really having a lot of fun with that definitely and that will be at the top of the description uh for just more stories if you enjoy the writings of this episode as always with all of that said hope you've enjoyed and have fun geeks <laughs>